In the California Road Trip Republic, we believe you take adventure for a ride. Whether coastal cruising, mountain motoring, or redwood roaming, discover beauty around every turn. Your California road trip can kick off from anywhere. Starting route. But it should always start at visitcalifornia.com. Then buckle up, crank those tunes, and ride with us in the California Road Trip Republic. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Pre-recorded episode number three. Voice tiring, constitution failing, but we forge forward here. Want to make sure you guys have content. Well, you have plenty of content. I guess it's... Could have gone to somebody else besides me. Wanted to make sure you had Dan Bespris content while I was out of town. Still with access to the interwebs, but not with access to my recording software to uh, get these things out on the road. But uh, whatever, you you guys know the story. Um, we finished up over the uh, last four or five days our little featurette on guys going near the top of the draft. And so for the next couple of shows, while we're on the road here, I thought we'd pivot into some more strategic discussions. But I don't want to get too far into the weeds because we haven't covered player ranks or expectations yet. And while we did get a lot of really good ideas, in fact, it wasn't even really my, my initial thought, but back on August 3rd, I just threw a tweet out that was like, hey, what are people looking at right now? I was mostly just curious, like, what are you doing if you're an NBA fantasy person and you're just hunting stuff? And people had a lot of really interesting ideas, stuff that I think we might want to cover as we get closer to... Uh, the start of the season, but, you know, strategy discussions, um, starting lineup discussions, winners and losers, post-free agency, position battles, category depth, stuff like that. We had a question about some of the new tools on the Ethos website, best ball questions, Reviews of last year's stuff, which, by the way, I feel like I should probably have replied. We did a lot of that at the tail end of this past season, so that's mostly taken care of. So after looking at all of this stuff, oh, one of the other really good questions was how to draft four percentages, which is something I talk about a lot on the show. And what I'll say to all of you guys that had these really good ideas, which weren't necessarily ideas for me to do on the show, just things that people were curious about, we'll get to a lot of this 
as next season begins to approach, we're still kind of far away, and some of these discussions will just kind of come up organically in our normal chats. But it was brought to my attention that because I tend to focus on nine-category leagues and non-punting formats and a little bit more on the roto side than head-to-head, that this was a good time of year for me to basically just take a couple of days and say, here's why I like roto and what should we do about it. So today we'll just go ahead and dive in kind of at the top. And we'll call this episode a the Dan Bespris's Guide to Starting Your Own Roto League and uh, How to Simplify the Process. This is a very difficult thing to do, I realize, as a pre-recorded show where my hard drive is broken, but we're going to do it, damn it. Step one, decide whether or not you want nine or eight category Roto Leagues. I would lean towards nine cat because there is an intrinsic value in having some sort of, I don't call it a punishment category, but efficiency. Can your team take care of the basketball while still racking up stats in the other categories? I get it. Some folks say that they really don't like the idea of punishing somebody for being the guy that handles the basketball all the time, but that's what assist to turnover ratio can also accomplish. I just happen to think that going exclusively to turnovers makes sense because then if you have a big guy who doesn't turn it over as much, someone like a Jimmy Butler, 1.6 turnovers last year while being the main hub on his team's offense. That's actually extremely impressive. Chris Paul, 1.9 turnovers last year, nine assists a game. There's a value in being and being a player who can make stuff happen without turning the basketball over, who can have control of the basketball without creating mistakes. I'm good with that. I understand the other side of the coin. I just think that it's reasonable. They say, oh, you shouldn't punish somebody for having the basketball in their hands. Okay, that's fair. But in this instance, you're actually punishing them for not having the basketball in their hands, for giving it to the other team when maybe they don't have to. I think there is a, I like the this sort of old school method of saying, hey, if somebody's a little bit more efficient, handles the basketball better, they get a small bump in my book. I don't think that that's, I think we're looking at it backwards. It's not, it's not punishment for being a usage player. It's a reward for being a usage player who doesn't turn it over as much. Can you build a team that's good at a lot of categories and also decent at turnovers? Maybe you don't win it, but you can be at least middle of the pack. So I like nine categories for that purpose. Uh, whatever size your league might be, I'm okay with that. 12 is obviously the, the sort of baseline one. Here's where I, I think, differ from the crowd a little bit. I prefer rosters that have no IL slot in Roto. None but five bench slots. So a lot of rosters have three bench slots and two IL slots, but I just I, I think it's dumb. I don't like, for Roto in particular, for Ed Ed it makes sense because you want to be able to eliminate as many zeros as humanly possible as you make your way through the season, through a week, whatever. And Roto, that actually doesn't matter that much. 
and we'll talk about the game's cap in a moment. You don't need to be able to, you don't need to have to rely on Yahoo or ESPN or whoever to decide when your player gets an IL tag. You just have the extra roster slots. So 15 roster slots for a 12-team league, 180 players deep at all points. I like it. It creates a certain competitiveness. 180 players are rostered. That means that you really do have to do a good job of hunting the waiver wire to find your right guys. They're not just going to be floating out there all the time. It's a 12 that probably plays more like a 13 or something like that. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. And you don't need to be able to put guys on or off of the IL slot because of the game's cap. But before we get to the game's cap, I also want to talk about the starting slots in your Roto League. And I think you can make a reasonable case that this is something folks should consider on the head-to-head side as well. I... In the Roto Leagues where I'm the commissioner, I've set it up to have very few position eligibility issues. So it's not point guard, shooting guard, guard, small forward, power forward, forward, center, or two centers and two utility slots. It's three guards, three forwards, two centers, two utilities. And I know what you're thinking right as I say it. You're like, Dan, why are you in a two-center format? Why do you like that? Well, um... Because of the flexibility in positions these days in the NBA, there's a lot of like forward center eligible players. I very rarely run into the issue of not having enough centers on my roto teams. I just, I find there's plenty. There's plenty. Some seasons, there's a bunch that get drafted late. This last year, I think there were more point guards, actually, that got drafted late. But a lot of times, there are centers that are come floating through. Is it a little bit harder to get two centers than it is to get three forwards? Yes. There are more forward-eligible players, more than 50%. There's that It covers that gap and then some because you've got the guard, guard, forward, 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 center kind of thing. So there's, like, there's a number of different ways that the... The forwards can make their way onto the board. There's technically three, I guess, whereas there's really only two ways that a center can get on there, and it's center solo or center slash forward, and then, again, that player would fit the other hole too. But I I haven't found it hard. 
At least not on Yahoo. I do most of my stuff on Yahoo. I find their UI to be the easiest to use by a substantial amount when setting your daily lineups and doing pickups and things like that. So 10 starting slots, relatively easy positional eligibility requirements, loose requirements. Three guard, three forward, two centers, two utility is good for me. If you wanted to go one center, three utility, I don't think I'd be all that upset about it, but I have not in decades had really any issue at all getting two centers into my lineup. Hasn't been a problem. I usually have far more than that. And then I, arguably the most important part of the settings is making sure that there is a games cap. For those uninitiated, the games cap simply states that there's only so many actual games played you can slot into each of your 10 starting holes in your fantasy team. Now, given that I loosened positional eligibility, so it's not like you have 82 point guard games you can use. Well, we have just three guard slots. Okay, well, if you set it at 82 per slot, that would be, what, 246? It would just be 246 guard games. 246 forward games, 184, 164, excuse me. Center games, same same deal at uh, at utility. If that doesn't make sense as I say it out loud, and for those that have never played a Roto League, that might sound a little bit crazy, but think of it this way. This forces you to not play all 15 of your guys to, well, due to injury, you're almost definitely going to play more than your 10 because your main 10 are not going to all go 82 games apiece or more if you change your games cap. And we'll talk about that in just a second here. It forces you to make ads and drops based on positions that you might need to get filled. It forces you to set your lineups daily by actually looking at what spots you're either running ahead or behind pace. Yahoo does a pretty good job on the on the browser, the, the desktop browser version of showing how far along you are in using up your games cap. Early in the season, and this gets into strategy a tiny bit, early in the season I find that I only play usually my top 10, which generally is not going to be enough to get to the games cap in my league, but I want to make sure that I'm only spending my games played credits on players that deserve to get it. For many years, I had a games cap in some of my leagues set as high as 90 per spot. But that was back in a time when the average number of games played for the useful fantasy players of the NBA was around 73 or 74. That number now is around 68. It has nearly doubled. Game average games played missed. Players used to play around 90% of their team's games. Now they play around 82. That's a pretty big jump. And unfortunately, unless I wanted to expand rosters further in my Roto Leagues, which I do not, the corresponding move here had to be to lower the games cap. I think 82 is too low when you have a five-bench-slot roster, because then you really are just focusing on basically like 
you know, if we're suggesting that everybody misses about 13, 14 games, well, two players gets you to 28, then 42, then 56, then 70, then 84, which is effectively one full roster slot at that point. Did I do that math right? That felt wrong, but I think that was right. So that's six times 14. You got four more of those. So if everybody on your team is really getting to around 68 games played, which I think the number, if you go past the uppermost echelon, is a little bit higher than that. But again, you're splitting hairs a tiny bit at that point. You're going to need roughly 12 playable guys, if you're going to call it that, over the course of the seasons. But it doesn't have to be the same 12. You can rotate bodies in and out based on statistical needs and you know, burger board plays and stuff like that. I think I'm, I feel pretty comfortable saying 85 is the way to go right now because that kind of forces you, uh, you know, it's three times 10, you get an extra 30 games. It forces you to use uh, basically like a half of an extra roster slot on your team. You can't just squat on dudes all year. You actually do need to be playing some 12, 13 of your guys on average most weeks, or you start to fall behind in games played. So when your team is healthy, you might play all 15 for some stretches. You might have to do some wheeling and dealing to keep up. When your team is hurt, that's when it allows you to fall back a tiny bit. It does. 85 is not super easy to get to with the way players miss games right now. So if you wanted to do 84... Or even if you wanted to just start at 82, that's sort of like easy mode here. You could do that. I just think it's more fun to add a few extra games played because it forces teams to use their bench a little bit more, which I like. Friends, remember to check out our pals at calderalab.com. Use promo code ETHOS to get 20% off your order today. Our exclusive code is E-T-H-O-S. Caldera Lab, C-A-L-D-E-R-A, Lab, L-A-B, dot com. Ethos, 20% off your order. And, I, I mean, for me, when I talk about our partners at Caldera Lab, number one, I'm extremely grateful that they actually reached out to us to get this, this partnership started. Dominic, you were the man. But more than anything, this is just a really cool product that the universe has needed. Because what are we at? Like 48, 49% of all humans are male. And most of us have not done the skincare routine, aside from the great Mike Fiddle here at Ethos, who was telling me that he actually has taken care of his skin, and he's in his low 30s, I think he said, and everybody asked him if he's in his mid-20s, which, for me, I probably would have gone the other way. When I'm in my mid-20s, I was wishing someone would ask me if I was 31. Now that I'm 40, I am once again wishing folks asked if I was in my 30s. Problem number one I gotta take care of is my hair. Uh, That's running away from my face too fast for my liking. But problem number two is that I have been weather beaten for the last six and a half years by youths that don't let me wake up to my alarm clock. I don't get sufficient sleep at night. My gastric system can't process caffeine properly, so I'm tired. And when you feel tired, you look tired. And when you look tired, you get bags under your eyes, you get puffiness, you get lines. Because I'm tired, but I also like to be the center of attention, so I'm always smiling and laughing. So I got laugh lines, I got smile lines, I got frown lines, I got sleepy lines, I got all the stuff. And frankly, you know, I got facial hair, so that helps cover up some of the 
parts of my face, but probably the sun has beaten me up a little bit over the years as well. This is an opportunity with one minute in the morning and one minute in the evening to take care of your skin and finally be in a, a world where there's male-specific skin care products. It's the Wild Wild West no more. Check them out. They got really good stuff. And there's a handy-dandy little quick-use card that tells you how to do it. The clean slate, the base layer, the good, and then my favorite, the personal favorite, the Icon, E-Y-E-C-O-N. Oof, my eyes, man. They really need the work. Ethos, once again, the promo code over at calderalab.com. Please do at least give them a visit. Scroll around the page, see if you see anything you like, and roll from there. So that's basically the settings, as far as I'm concerned. You can go all the way up to the very end of the regular season. Silly season is actually fun on the Roto side. I know, heaven forbid. Head-to-head, the silly season makes us want to cry, makes us want to pull our hair out, makes us want to quit fantasy basketball. The silly season in Roto is hilarious. you got two weeks left in the season. You can drop every single player on your whole damn team, and it doesn't matter. Because what they've done for your club over the previous 65 games is still part of the stats you've been accruing. And that's the important part to remember on Roto, is that because rotisserie, the idea is your, you know, your pig is on the spit the whole way through, everything that your team does, every game your team plays, every, every shot your guy takes, that goes into a season-long bucket where your statistics are tabulated against all the other teams in your league and you are awarded rank points based on where you fall within it. We're going to talk about strategy here in just a second, but that's an important thing to remember. What is it exactly that's going on in a Roto League? Well, you're competing against everybody all the time, so it's very important to look at the standings board, and it's typically important to try to be good at as many categories as humanly possible. You cannot punt multiple categories and win a roto league you can punt one and still win i do that all the time i end up soft punting points and win roto leagues all the time but as you start to give up on more than one you pretty much need to be the apex in everything else all right so you've got your settings down you're ready to roll You have a very rough understanding of how the competition is going to go. How do you play? What is it about Roto that makes it so appealing to me? Well, before we even get into the strategic elements of this, the one thing on my side that makes me value Roto so highly, and I play both and I make sure that we talk about both types, head-to-head and Roto, on this podcast But the reason that I end up gravitating towards Rotos so frequently is because, in my estimation, the best teams win. And you're like, Dan, isn't part of the fun the roll of the dice factor of fantasy basketball? In a free league or a very low-priced, low-stakes league? Sure. Get silly. Let silly season dictate the outcome of your league but i know a lot of my listeners are in leagues where they're putting a few hundred dollars up a thousand multiple thousand dollar prizes in these leagues i don't want to get i don't want to work for five and a half months and then have my league 
decide who gets a multi-thousand dollar payout on which team actually has their superstars upright in week 21. That sounds absolutely terrible to me. And I'm in some leagues that are like that. I mean, I'm in head-to-head leagues, and they're not all super low buy-in. Most of them are relatively low. Some are, I guess what you'd probably call kind of like middle buy-in. But if I'm going to put money on the line, like real money, and I'm not talking thousands. I don't, I don't have the sphincter control for that. I'm talking, you know, in the, in the middle hundreds, where the prizes are pretty damn big and can make a significant difference in, you know, my electronics setup here at home or whether or not my family goes on a vacation in a given year. I want the winner of that league to be the team that has the best, the best personnel. I want that winner to be the manager who has the best team. And Roto gives us that. Or certainly a much closer facsimile to that than head-to-head does. It eliminates not all the luck, because sometimes you have a super durable player that just blows out a knee and they're done for the year. That luck cannot be avoided. But little tiny dents and rest day, rest or that type of luck, Roto doesn't have it. And it comes back to the game cap as well. Because if your player on a March afternoon decides that they don't want to play that night or a Sunday afternoon in March, and in a head-to-head league, that might have cost you the entire season. In a roto league, you're like, ah, well, I'll make up that game's played I just lost in the next five weeks. I'll use an extra roster move next week to squeeze an injury replacement game out. It's injuries in Roto are a nuisance. They are not season-ending. In head-to-head, injuries are season-ending in a lot of instances. Even with a ton of IL slots because you're just plugging in backup after backup after backup. And it's not like you can just fall behind in games played in a head-to-head league. If you do that... You're going to lose 7-2 to two for three weeks in a row, and you're not going to be able to even make the playoffs. Roto format mitigates the impact of injury luck and mitigates the impact of end-of-season luck. I will give you all that the end of a Roto season is typically not quite as exciting as a Sunday uh, in your head-to-head playoff finals. A head-to-head playoff final Sunday, man, that is enough to make your whole body twist into knots. And that type of day doesn't really happen on the Roto side. But like I said before, I will happily sacrifice that uh, Pepto-Bismol-laden afternoon for more wins. And I'm, I'm happy to compete for them. I'm not asking for easy Roto leagues. I'm just asking for fair ones. Let's talk a little bit of strategy here. I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because I think we talk about this sort of in pieces as we go through the year, kind of as we're talking about the way different players work. Uh, Strategy number one for Roto, typically you're going best player available at your different draft slots. You're, whereas on the head-to-head side, you're thinking constantly about team build. 
How can I lean into this strength? How do I address this other thing? With Roto, you're generally going best player. You're kind of seeing where the chips fall over the first month, month and a half. And then it's pretty easy to flip guys because you don't need to, quote unquote, win a trade to actually win a trade. Because it's all about figuring out where you can gain points in the standings and Roto. You get more from a particular player than, say, what you're giving up. Like, oh, I have a big lead in three-pointers, so I can afford to give up some three-pointers. I might only lose one Roto point there, but I can maybe gain three by going and picking up a block guy instead. So that's a trade I'm going to make. We've talked about this sort of idea of giving up midseason, but again, that's kind of getting into the higher-level stuff. The lower-level stuff with Roto, again, number one, typically you're aiming best player available. Two, um, you can take injury risk chances earlier on draft day because they don't hurt you as much when they miss ball games. Three, and this is sort of almost like an offshoot of number two, you want the best per game production out of the players on your club. Because again, zeros can be made up later. So a guy, a, a top 130 ranked player who plays in all 82 games is actually kind of useful on the head-to-head side because you're like, all right, well, at least I'm like, I know this guy's going to play. He's going to get me stats this week. On the Roto side, you don't really want to spend a games cap game on a top 130 type of player. You want the guys that are posting top 75 value or better, obviously the you know, the the lower the number, the better you get. But you don't want the end of the bench guys to be like 120, 130 range dudes. You're like, oh, well, you know, it's fine. You're better off actually benching those guys or even dropping those guys and looking for streamers or injury replacement guys or somebody that can give you like sixth, seventh round value or higher with every game's cap you spend. That's kind of a not the easiest thing to internalize that idea that strategic pivot because on the head-to-head side you really want dudes that are there availability is extraordinarily important for head-to-head leagues still important like you don't want somebody missing 40 games on your on your roto side that's like a pick that you actually had to spend some draft day capital on but if your 10th rounder is a guy who only plays 50 games but he's like a top 60 play on the year that's actually a win And a pretty big one, actually. Even if they're not hitting ADP on the total side, that's still a win because you can fill in the games they missed somewhere else. The excitement for me in Roto comes in the... sort of by by peeling the layers of the onion, by, by digging into the weeds, by figuring out my team is averaging 6.12 rebounds per games played. If I want to climb up, if I want to gain four roto points in rebounding, I only needed to get to like 6.16. So I don't actually need to make a massive pivot into a big man. I just need to run extra big men out there for like two weeks. You do these little things, these little baby tweaks that can get you one, two, three extra roto points, and you do it two, three, four, five times over the course of the year, and all of a sudden, your team 
looks all middle of the pack because maybe you're lagging a little bit behind in games played, but you've been so careful with how you've deployed your games, how clever you've been, what stats you've been targeting. There is so much math and planning and strategy that goes into the roto side to move up that board. It's a very different fantasy basketball game. Head-to-head, you typically want to lean into your strengths as the season goes along. Roto, you often want to lean into your weaknesses. Not all the time, because again, if you're like all the way at the bottom, then you might as well just give up on a particular category. But, you know, if you're like third from the bottom, but one move can move you up to like sixth, fifth or sixth place, that's a big possible jump. And and that's a jump you would never make on the head-to-head side. If you were third from the bottom in blocks and head-to-head at the midway point of the season, you'd probably just take whatever guys in your team got blocks and you'd trade them for something you're already strong in. Head-to-head, you want to lean into five or six categories come playoff time and just try to lock up those wins every week. Roto, you're probably gunning for at least eight, maybe all nine of the categories. By the way, I don't want people to take this discussion as... Like, this is why you should quit your head-to-head league. I think if you love your head-to-head league, then frickin' have at it, you know? I just... I like the fairness. I like eliminating the goofball nature of the end-of-season stuff. Maybe more than anything, I just love the idea that at the end of my Roto League, the teams that are in first, second, third, fourth place, those are the teams that are just better. They are better. And in head-to-head, it may actually end up being the case that the first, second, third, fourth seeds going into the playoffs are not all that dissimilar from the what would be the very good Roto teams. But then they have the playoffs. I've heard of leagues that are going head-to-head for the regular season and then a Roto playoffs which is actually kind of intriguing because then your playoffs are whatever it is, four, six teams. You're not competing against everybody. It's just sort of a sprint to the finish. But that same thing could kill you. You know, if you lose your key guy during those pivotal weeks, your season's over. And people are like, oh, Dan, it's a lot like the real playoffs where if a team lost their superstar, then they'd lose in the playoffs. You're right, except tanking teams don't make the playoffs. So that analogy doesn't make sense for someone like, I don't know, Damian Lillard this last year. Yeah, his team got bad when he went down, just as our fantasy teams where we had Dame probably got bad when he went down. But Dame wasn't hurt. If it was the real quote-unquote postseason in the NBA, those guys would be playing. They're not out because they're too hurt to go. That's not a thing that happens in the real playoffs, but it's a thing that happens all the time, more than anything else in the fantasy playoffs. We've talked a bunch about how you have to move your fantasy playoffs earlier on the head-to-head side. That was one of the first shows we did this offseason, way back in April. How do we fix head-to-head leagues? And one of the main ways was you got to move the playoffs up much earlier. Sorry, it sucks. I know you're lopping off a bunch of the fantasy season, which is lame because fantasy basketball is fun. We want to do it as long as humanly possible. But you have to do that to at least help your head-to-head league. But ultimately, our fantasy playoffs are being determined by not that important 
regular season basketball games. You can't compare them. So Roto doesn't bother. Every game all season long has the same value in Roto, just like the real NBA regular season. I like it a lot. I think if you guys give it a shot, you might find that it doesn't have that same week-to-week sting, so it's not quite as easy to keep your focus in a Roto League from day one to day 180 or whatever it is. It's very easy to just sort of set it and forget it sometimes. But if you can get over that mental hurdle and you can compete all season long, I think you'll find that if you're good at this, you're going to win and you're going to like doing it. Give it a try. Give it a try. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. This was your pre-recorded show number three for the Dan's Out of Town Week here on Fantasy NBA Today. Have a wonderful Wednesday. One more pre-recorded show tomorrow, Thursday. It'll be a little bit of a quick hitter, and then we'll be back live. Well, live-ish. Not pre-recorded. It'll be done day of. Nothing is live right now. We'll bring back the YouTube stuff when uh, Yahoo opens up their leagues. You have my word. I might have a new computer by then where maybe I can uh, maybe even run some graphics. Ooh. Of course, that would mean I'd have to learn how. Oh, well. To be determined. TBD. I'm Dan. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Sports Ethos. You know the drill. See you guys on Twitter and threads. See you tomorrow. When you visit California, childhood rules. If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself. What would kids do? Dance to a giant organ played by ocean waves? Yep. Camp in floating tree houses hundreds of feet off the ground? Check. Jump in a big tub of mud on purpose? Call it rejuvenation. We don't care. Just pack your fun pants and let childhood rule your family vacation. If you need help, ask your kids. Start planning at visitcalifornia.com. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15, discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. Building a stronger financial foundation? Good plan. Northwestern Mutual's Guide to Good Financial Planning can help you balance spending and saving, set goals, and start creating the life you want to be living. You'll learn how the tools in your financial plan reinforce each other to help you minimize taxes and offset potential risks. Grow your confidence by strengthening your finances today at northwesternmutual.com slash good plan.
The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta.